Well, guten Morgen, Mark. Well, guten Tag, Johnny. Alles gut? Yeah, alles gut, buddy. It's, uh... Good. It's been a weird one. It's definitely been a weird one. It has been. It has been. It's been a weird... I don't know about you, I'm in a weird headspace this week. I had a pang of depression as I went to go look up our episode titles on IMDb and saw that these are the last two, making this De facto. one of the last two episodes of the Dangle podcast. That's true. It's, you know, it's a yeah. weird, weird feeling because it gives you so much energy to know that you're that close to the mm-hmm. end. But it also fills you with mm-hmm. this this never-ending cavern of sadness to know that something that you love so dearly and done for so long, almost done, you know, where where does it where does it end, right? You just mm-hmm. you're constantly. I feel like I'm constantly switching back and forth, back and forth between these two just dichotomous emotions. Yeah, I I feel that it's like high highs and low lows, which I guess is a good way to you know, it, it kind of wraps into what we've been doing here for two years now um you know it's there's not like a through line of consistency but it's you know what you know what i think (laughs) you know what i think we need to do Mm -hmm. like i think that my best the best way i can think of to to kind of tackle this is is to just like find a bizarre weird story to tell you that way it kind of it it shocks us back into not mediocrity but somewhere into the middle gets us out of these extremes and i gotta tell you man i I walked uh, walked into the supermarket and I just I opened up this door that apparently it, it it says verboten on it and I'm like I don't know what this means because I haven't played any Nazi games in a while and there's a reason and it's like their their janitor closet if you will and Mark I saw a, a man and a woman in there it might have might not have been principal uh, a principal Randy Moss and and. And he was in there with a woman, and they were making babies. And one of the babies looked at me. Really? That's that's weird. I've also been to gender closets where something that you might call a principal was, you know, with a, something you might call a teacher, and they were making babies. And one of the babies looked at me. But it got really weird because the baby said, "Welcome back to the Dangle Podcast." Yes, welcome everybody to the. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to grumble when I say it, but I'm going to say it, and God damn it, Josh better be happy, penultimate episode of The Dang Old Podcast. <laughs> this is a weekly, that's right, weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, we take two episodes of that beloved animation classic King of the Hill by Mike Judge. And we break them down for you. We talk about the goods, the bads, the highs, the lows, the creamy middles, if you will. We uh, analyze and see if it's rather watching or still worth watching today. Uh, Mark and I slap it with our patented rating at the end. And, uh, you know, at the risk of somebody just now finding this with one episode to go after this, welcome to the Dangle Podcast. We're going to start out this week with an obnoxiously long title. Yeah, because it's only been, what, two weeks since we got an obnoxiously long title? Yeah, but this one feels, like, excessive.
This is one of those, like, I'm just going to start calling this, like, Joseph in the Closet episode, and I don't care what that alludes to. Guys, the episode we're listening to, to or talking about today is 257, When Joseph Met Lori and Made Out With Her in the Janitor's Closet. It's a fucking mouthful. Uh, original air date, <laughs> May 5th, 2010, written by Sanjay Shah. Mark, where did we last see Mr. Shah? Uh, most recently, we saw him on Manger Baby Einstein, which got a megalo out of you and a butane oh. out of me. Um, but we also saw him on Diabolic Shock, which was a two-tane. That was our season 13 opener. Yeah. Uh, we like Sanjay Shaw. Like, he's not bad. He um, he also wrote Grand Theft Arlen, which we always need to remind ourselves of because yes. that's that one of the best first, episodes right? of King of the Hill. Yeah. Yeah, that was his debut. Excellent. Um, and I just remember we were, like, so high expectations for him. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into the, the rest of this, I'm going to tell you about what my fancy drink is here today. Because since we are oh, yes, doing please. some drinks for the end of this, um, I'm going through my, my Stork Club out of uh, just south of Berlin here. And this is... Oh, God, there's something gross on my glass. Thank God it's on the outside. This is a Stork Club. Club Smoky Rye. And Ooh. it smells okay. smoky. It almost smells <laughs> like it should be a scotch. And I don't want scotch oh, no. made out of rye whiskey. Because that sounds terrible. That, oh, but God. I'm going to take a sip of this. Mark, tell the lovely folks what you are drinking if there's anything special. Um, In my, uh, my, in my personalized Alamo beer mug is a shot of Kettenfett, 25% extra stark. You brought it to me. I'm real scared. It smells mm. like death. Oh, extra God, I don't want to sniff it. Oh, extra stark, and we all know that stark means strong. Oh. Genau. Okay, well, prost, good buddy. Prost to you. <laughs> it's just so fucking buttery. <laughs> How's yours? I'm pretty sure somebody just made a ball sack out of peat moss and just dunked it in my mouth because that's all I can taste. Oh, oh God, let's get some beer in this bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that Wee. as well. Guys, I'm drinking Danish beer for a, 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 for a while here because it's the cheapest thing I could find at the gas station and I wanted to be lazy. Um... I love okay. you, John. I love Germany. I love their culture, and I love you wanting to share it. But next time you share it, don't do it in the form of lacrites, please. No, 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 no. I, unfortunately, that's what a lot of their shooters are, is lacrites liqueur. And so you get stuck with a lot of buttery and a lot of black licorice. And... Oh, Sorry, God, man. No, you're good. I just... It's that or schnapps we'll see how well this works on an empty stomach. <laughs> oh, Give me God, that, yeah. baby. You know, you know I love schnapps. You, it's, schnapps it's, is mother's milk. It, it, it is, but it's definitely not American schnapps, and that always fucks me up. Okay. Um, schnapps is how I get a lawnmower UI. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about our episodes, buddy. Yes. Our cast of characters for this episode is Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Doltree, Jeff Boomhauer, Joseph and Nancy Gribble, Lori, Carl Moss, uh, may, excuse me, scratch that fucking Carl Moss, Emily, Miguel Hernandez, Mike Patel, Clark Peters, Susie, Leventhal, Tom, and Madame Pascal is mentioned. That is Bobby's French mm -hmm. teacher. Uh, our, okay, so before we get into synopsis and all that stuff, we have a guest star here in Mike Patel. And 
interestingly enough, I don't, I, I don't know if you felt like this. I, they gave the guy a last name of Patel, but they did not animate him very Indian. Not that I could tell, at least not the blatant Apu style Indian, right? Well, you, he's kind of blonde, I think is the biggest uh, turn in that punch bowl. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I he looked at like because... He, he looks like Matthew McConaughey, honestly. Kind of tan oh, wow. and blondish hair. That's how okay. I took it. I don't know. Um. Well, Mike Patel is uh, voiced by a guy named Asif Mandvi. Um, let me see if I can okay. send a picture. If you don't want to look him up, I can send you a picture, but you would recognize him. There is not a lot of Indian actors that have been around for a long time, and this dude's, one of his very first credits was The Cosby Mysteries. Oh, and shit. so okay. he's been around since the 80s, uh, but he's in a bunch of stuff. Um, he was uh, the voice of General Zhao in the Avatar game that came out like 10 years ago. So this man doesn't work is what you're saying. I, he's, he's in like one-offs of stuff. Like he's in a bunch of different things, but he's not your, your he doesn't play stereotypical Indian guy, I don't think. Like I recognized him from a bunch of stuff. But it's just like a hey, your face is really familiar to me. I'm looking him up right now. A-A-S-I-F. Actually, he really he does look a lot like his character model. Yes, that's why I was like, yeah. wait a minute, I feel like I've seen you before. And so whoever did the animation actually, I think they actually took some inspiration from the actor, which is kind of cool. Either that or it's just a freaky coincidence. Yeah, this dude has been in a lot of stuff, but nothing at all. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, while you're looking at him, I'm going to break huh. down the synopsis for you. The Gribbles sure, are a sure, mess. Sure. Joseph is sneaking around with his girlfriend, Nancy is jealous of a bully catcher, and Dale might actually be insane. Our A-story characters here are Dale and Joseph. Our B-story character is Nancy. Eventually, I guess it comes like a subprime one, but the, Nancy doesn't ever really tie her story together. Like, it's... It's one sentence that says, I'm going to use the A story now. So I just figured we'd give her the B. So tagging in tagging in really quick, I know why you recognize yeah. him. While he does, while he might voice General Zhao in the Avatar game, he also played him in the M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, uh, dear number one, Lord. Number two, number two, and I think this is where you recognize him from, he is Peter Parker's dickish bo pizza boss in uh, Spider-Man 2, the Tobey Maguire one. Oh, and as okay. soon as I saw that credit, I knew that I I knew that's why I knew the face. So awesome. Okay, bear that as you will. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate it. Um, you yeah, buddy. Um. So. Um. So really quick, talking about A and B lines. I think there's an A sub one in Joseph okay. not understanding how to be a human, and I think it gets glossed over a little bit. Okay. Talk I I don't know. I just. That. Well, so, you know, there is the, there, so there's the A plot with like, okay, so, okay, so really quick, the A plot is Dale going crazy, right? We can agree on that. And then yes. being put into the booby hatch. It's You're talking about the Gentleman's Club, right? Uh, no. They closed that down. Oh, Just like damn. the Sex okay. Cauldron. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going. <laughs> so it Dale's goes. crazy, that's. Thank you. Thank you. Dale's crazy. That's a number one. Right. But then yeah. Joseph kind of has these little snippets in there of like, she wants to go all the way. And it even gets a culmination point when they're sitting in class and he goes, no means no. And they'll laugh at her. But like, right. so I think that's a sub one. I don't know. I just think that it needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. Okay. 
I don't know, that's just me. Other than that, notes, I have no idea what this one is. This is a question mark, question mark, question mark. I just don't remember it. Interesting. Yeah, so more or less, this is, um... A first you know, watch for you? Fresh eyes. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of sad, because... This is New King of the Hill, I don't think I want in on it. Dale's cereal is neither a pro nor a con, but I am noting it. And now oh. I'm also noting who has the worst blood sugar on the alley. It hasn't been Bill for a decade. It's Dale. How does how have we not gotten an episode called Gribble Billick Shock? Like, yeah, when you think of the, let's see, his I'm pretty sure his only liquids are beer and Mountain Dew. Uh, yep. His and coffee. I mean, We've seen him drink coffee before. And coffee. Okay, so basically anything that's going to give him an irregular heartbeat. Um, mm-hmm. He eats shit like this, what can only be described as, as the, the suicide of of breakfast cereals, right? Where you mix them all together. Yep. Like, yeah, he's he's just, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I was going to say, what's your favorite cereal? Like, if you, I don't know, there was one oh. time I was at the store and this kid was like, this kid wanted, um fucking lucky charms so bad i heard him yelling about it up and down the aisles like all he wanted was lucky charms and like i'm tracking the mom and the kid through the store because i can hear him yelling and i hear him get to the cereal aisle and she goes i'm not getting you goddamn lucky charms and then i and then that's that's my cue because i you know how you like don't follow people but you end up following people in a store and like you just keep seeing them so that was my cue i'd been kind of following this mom and kid and i go Oh, hell yeah. Lucky Charms. I love these. And I grab the biggest box I could and look at the kid and go, aren't these awesome? And then I walk away. Just despite that little shit? Oh, that's amazing. Oh, you bet your ass, dude. Amazing. But I thought about that kid and I laughed and I wished him malice and ill will for all days of his life. And I hope that he remembers that asshole in the store that got Lucky Charms when he didn't, man. That's incredible. I'm a bad man. Oh, I was going to say, to answer your question, it, 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 there's, there's got to be context for this. If I if I want something that's filling, but I can eat a big bowl of it and it will fill me up, it's either, and and judge me all you want, regular shredded wheat, like the giant fuck you biscuits of shredded wheat, and I'll have like three of them, mm-hmm. or Wheaties. I fucking love Wheaties. Dude, I will go to town. I will eat a whole goddamn box of Wheaties if I can. Now, if just I just straight want, or do you put anything on them? Oh, I don't put anything on them. Dude, I that it's the biggest abortion for fucking breakfast cereal is that they put raisins in Wheaties and called it fucking Raisin Bran because you don't need fucking raisins. They're terrible. Yes, they, they and, they're, and they're bad for you. It's like the sugariest thing you can eat. Which, yes. I mean, that isn't candy, but yeah. Right. Uh, but if, I, if I'm just going for, like, I want some comfort food and it's just going to be some sugary, like, fucking hype-me-up bullshit, I'm probably going with some sort of pebbles. It doesn't matter if they're cocoa pebbles or if they're fruity pebbles. I want just like a solid brick, dense brick of fucking pebbles in my stomach. It's so okay. goddamn good. <laughs> okay, you're about to get Jonabetic shock. All right. Mm-hmm. You, it's also super fucking hard to find any of that shit over here. Um, a, a box oh, yeah, of Lucky Charms is $10 here, and you have to go to the special store to get it. Yeah, but you get muesli, dude. Just go crazy. That shit is so good. Oh, I do. I go, I go ape shit with the muesli. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's enough cereal talk. That was ten minutes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, how did John Redcorn not get murdered in the gribble do- in the gribble drome? What with all those uh, countermeasures, man? Because holy shit, <laughs> there's there's like twenty arrows, couple shurikens, like 
We get a cool continuity here, um, Dale and his Beatles. There was one episode, like, way back it's in the beginning. And he talks about the fear of um, that one water beetle. Or So, oh, so, so one. Yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm screwing this one up. So there's the one in the trouble with Gribbles when Sammy Smoking Salmon is bugging. And Dale goes, ah, a bug, a grotesque water bug. There's that one. Yep. But then also, uh, but then there's also... And I can't tell you the episode, it's just a throwaway line. But he talks about being afraid of one beetle in particular, and now I'm pretty sure Dale is afraid of bark beetles. Ooh, interesting. He, because he mentions how, you know, do you believe it, when he's at the uh, Psyche Val, they go, do you believe that people are conspiring against you? People, animals, bugs, especially bugs, especially bark beetles. <laughs> okay. It's just, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but, like, that's just, you know... I don't know. I think that it's, I think that it's, you know, cool continuity throughout. I, again, Sanjay yeah. Shah likes to do these deep cuts and we see him doing these deep cuts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then my last note here for just for the episode. Wow. That just ended. This episode cut off. Like, yeah. Right? Did it feel, did it feel super unresolved? Like, um, Yes. Yes, it did. Um, really, I mean, so when you when you think about the end of this episode, really, what is it? Uh, there's a failure of the U.S. government. And even though I really probably should be institutionalized, because let's face it, that's been the through line for this entire series for Dale is why the fuck isn't this guy in a mental hospital? He believes in the stupidest shit and is almost an act of danger to the rest of the people in his community. Um to like okay well yep i guess i just got out and yep i guess i just get to be the best dad in the world and i i guess i i just finally whatever hank said just sunk in like he said it loud enough that it just sunk in here and all of a sudden we get all the the deus ex mocking of the last five minutes of cool i guess i'm gonna straighten up and and do what's right because my baby boy joseph needs me like it's it feels very fucking yeah. weird here um I definitely, like, I think I call this out in my ending of this episode, in my wrap-up, of I've already seen this episode a lot of times. We already know that Dale doesn't know how to be a good parent. And so it's, yeah. No, I, I definitely, I, I feel you right there, where it just feels like it, it it just ends and we don't get a good satisfying, like, finality to it. I, they leave it, like, almost purposely ambiguous. Eh. I mean, I guess well, And also, you, this is but... kind of a callback to... This is kind of a callback to Naked Ambition, where, like, you know, Boomhauer's in the hospital, and Bill checked himself in, and Dale was never really a patient. Like, Dale checked himself in on his own. Like, he's... Does, isn't he free to go? And this isn't a real institution anyway, so he's really yeah. not anything at all, right? So, I don't... I, oh, again, I'm not about to mansplain mental health to you, but I just kind of <laughs> had a problem with it throughout. No, I'm glad that you noticed that because it's definitely something in in my notes here about Dale being able to leave. Yeah, so. I just I don't know. Anyway, anyway, keep on plugging along, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, I'll give you my notes here because hot damn, we're half an hour in, and I'm just now getting to my notes. Um, well, that's all that I, cereal talk. <laughs> fucking cereal, dude. Uh, so I noticed in this that um, I think I understand why I hate moss so much. 
Okay. And no, it's not last week's episode, which I was very fervent about how much I hated fucking Carl Moss. No, it's it's because um, Moss gets the same treatment that Buck fucking Strickland does. Hank does everything for this guy, and he does nothing to help him back. And I noticed that when Hank answers the phone of, all right, who's the fucking problem for? Is it you or yeah. is it Bobby? Oh, thank God it's Bobby. Right. Also, Mark, right. I apologize. I really am cussing a lot. Like, that's, seemed, that's See? a little that's... excessive. Um, you're, dude, you're, I cut out about, I cut out every third one, so you're good. It's all right. Oh, cool. I'm good with that I, then. But I also, <laughs> I also do it to me. So I get bad. I'm so bad with goddams. Like, goddamn. It's, everything is goddamn. Like, God yeah. Damn. So, <laughs> goddamn. Goddamn. <laughs> Manslaughter. Manslaughter. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Slaughter! <laughs> so, yeah, like, okay, Hank and his... It, it, the fact that he feels like he has to kind of baby Moss the same way that he does Buck Strickland... Yeah, no, I don't yeah. like that. It's my least favorite dynamic with him and Buck. I hate that it's a, a continued through line. I hate that it takes up so much of, of Hank as a human. Like, I'm just... I'm looking at Hank as if he is a real, actual, living, breathing human instead of just a animated TV character. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, God, this would wear on me so much to have to deal with these people like this all the time. Like, to be their anchor. God, I hate Moss. Um, yeah. Okay, question for you. Uh, is Hank the one who gave Bill the sex talk? Because the hand signs that he says, I still don't know what this means, Hank. That makes me think that Hank is the one who described everything to, to Bill via hand signs. I don't think that that tracks. I'm sorry, dude. Like, oh no, when it's a legit question here, so thank you for, yeah. for refuting. No, I, I'm like, just, I'm sorry, dude. Like, it's always who's the grossest one, who watches the most porn. Boom, Howard. But who, who is it really? Well, yeah, but we all know it's Bill. Like, it's I, a Bill friend. knows. I don't know. I, it's just a joke that they put in there that I don't think works. Cause like, okay, with his whole like, I still don't know what this means, Hank. Because okay. You know what he's telling him is don't steal home because if Bill nuts on that <laughs> woman, it's going to just ruin everything for everybody. So that's what that means. Do not All steal home. All he wants is a child. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. I don't know. I, 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 did that seem dumb to you at all? Or am I just like picking hairs? Well, no, like that's why I asked the question because it, it, it alludes to one of two things. Either Hank is the one who has, who has had to kind of decipher the weird sex talk for Bill. Or Hank is the one who gave it to him and used his awkward Hank like hand signs like a third base coach. Yeah, I don't. I don't. So, eh, it's, I, don't know. I, I just I thought it was an interesting. I guess interesting cool continuity that Hank likes baseball, right? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, New Arlen Institution. We have Comforting Pines Mental Health Center. Not to be confused with Shiny Pines Trailer Park because apparently there's a lot of fucking pines in Texas. That's not the case, guys. I've never been to Texas, and I can tell you there's not a lot of pine trees there. Um, no, there's tons of... Dude, there's tons of pine trees. Well, now I look like an asshole. Okay. <laughs> pine trees in high <laughs> elevation, man, yeah. And also low coastal pine forests. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, why would you Why would you know about the fucking trees in Texas, dude? You're all right. That would be like me assuming there's aspens in Germany. I don't think there are, but there might be. I don't fucking know. <laughs> there are oaks everywhere, buddy. Oaks. Oaks is very see. There you go. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Austrian oak. Yeah. I was to say, they all came from Austria and they're all fucking oaks because of Arnold. It's great. Um, okay, so 
We have a music cue here that I was so, I felt so very cultured to not have to even look it up because I knew because this makes it into my rotation at least once a month, especially when I'm feeling like I want to go get high. Cypress Hill's Insane in the Membrane. I have listened to this song at least once a month for probably the last 15 years. It's incredible. Wow. I love this song. Okay. It is probably cool. in okay. my like top 10 songs of all time, just because it, Something about it, man. Like, it gives me the feels. It just makes me feel great. It makes me feel cultured for some fucking reason. I don't know. It's just Cypress Hill, props to you guys. It's it's not even your best song, but it's the one everybody knows. Insane in the Membrane. <laughs> uh, my last one here. Um, Hey, with that Insane in the Membrane, um, have you heard the cover? Or so it's the version where they were, like, uh, backtracked by the London uh, Symphony Orchestra. Turns out they had uh, ordered them possibly while high. Yeah, it was pretty cool, though. Yes. No, I have heard that. Um, God, yeah. I I have to remember, like, I'm pretty sure Billy Corgan's the one who turned them on to that, right? Smashing Pumpkins? (laughs) Oh, Mark Jones drinking some beer. Yes. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop derailing you. Uh, I am doing my best to derail today. I don't want Dangle Podcast to end, Johnny. I'm just, this is going to be a three-hour episode. It's going to be great. Um, Mark, my last note here before we jump to pros and cons is that, uh, I want to explain a little bit about them holding Dale where he is. So yes, in, please Col- do. in the, in the state of Colorado, we have what's called an involuntary 72 hour hold. And basically it says that, Hey, for the next three days, we're holding you under observation because you, you have proven that you were a threat to yourself or others. Um, that's mm-hmm. a big thing, right? It's a big thing when I'm a therapist, I have to break confidentiality. Like one of the only ways that I have to do that is if somebody is a threat to themselves, meaning they actively want to commit suicide or try and kill themselves or others. Mm-hmm. They know of somebody who's getting abused or they want to actively fucking hurt and kill somebody else. I have no idea how it works in Texas. I have to assume it's similar, if not exactly the same. So a 72 hour hold means that Dale would have had to proven to them that he is a threat to himself or others, which nothing in this episode says that he is a threat to himself or others. Um, in order for him to get admitted, they would have had to do a psychiatric evaluation. So the fact that the guy says, oh, no, we have evaluations and paperwork and all this and all that to do, it'll keep you busy for days. Nope. You have to do that when you admit somebody. It's the whole reason you admit mm-hmm. them to begin with. You can't just say, yep, oh, we've got a free bed. You can fucking come in here. No, you have to prove why you put them in a bed. So there's hmm. there's an interesting shit here. There is almost no reason why Dale shouldn't, in a normal world, have been able to walk away right then and there. He didn't prove that he was a threat to himself or others, to anyone. Like, not once in the, in the episode has he ever stated anything like that. Yeah, he's got right. some fucking depression. And yeah, he's got some issues at home, like some familial stressors and shit like that. But, i.e., like, I don't know, whatever the fuck it is. Anyway, Dale should have been able to walk out of there. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible thing to take Dale Gribble and push him up to the, the state level because we all know just how freaking loony Dale Gribble is. Give me your Don't pros, buddy. Don't censor yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Don't censor. <laughs> it's going to make for better listening. Um, no, it won't. <laughs> because you can't tell when I cut, you can't tell when I edit you. So it's all right. Like I know, I know what I'm doing. Like I'm not like, I'm not fucking around with it. I just, you know, you cut them out every third one. It's okay. Um, <laughs> pros, here we go. 
Um, what were you doing? He was selling drugs. Oh, Bobby, that's a terrible lie. That was hilarious. <laughs> yes. I have, that's my first pro too, Hank shaming Bobby's lie. <laughs> yeah. That's a terrible lie. Um, Joseph is talking about how, like, this is just like Romeo and that movie, Romeo and Juliet, when the guy was breakdancing and blocking the other guy. Pro, Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. It's the best incarnation. Go watch it, kids. He also references the Jets, meaning he's also confusing this with West Side Story, which also is a fucking pro to me. That Joseph is watching. <laughs> which is also theater. basically Romeo and Juliet, yeah. Yes. Which also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry as I choke on my beer as you make your point. That's another cool callback because we know that Dale likes his musical theater. So, of course, Joseph yes. would too. Yeah. And if it, like, if not liking it, at least, you know, he would be tangentially aware of it. Dale walking into the, uh, um, what's it called? Looney Pines? Um, Comforting Pines. Place. Not Looney Pines. Comforting Pines. Thorazine Drip Pines. Um, Lithium Pines, Dale walking into Lithium Pines and going, you've been expecting me. I like that a lot. It's a good way to um break up the, because like the episode breaks right there. You go to commercial. That's a good way to do it. I like that a lot. Right. Um, I like Hannibal Gribble when he's being wheeled in under <laughs> the mask. I'm surprised they've never done that before. I really am. I'm glad they saved it. Like, that's a good bit that hasn't been done, but I'm glad they did. And then finally, um, I like there's a kind of cool misdirect when, like, you know, he's being sentenced to go upstate or whatever. Um, and he stops and he goes, look, Joseph, sex is cool and all, but you're you're too young for it. You're not emotionally stable. And, like, that's a really good little talk that he gives. And that is how we should be addressing our kids. But it yes. kind of makes me feel like we're so used to, you know, like, the Sandman doing courtroom dramas where, like, one person repents in court and the judge goes, okay, everything's fine. Like, Big Daddy is the most egregious, I think. But, like, that, you know, kind of trope. And I think right there we all kind of expect the judge to get – or, you know, the – the board to go, oh, well, this man is clearly not dangerous. It's okay. He can go. And they still sen <laughs> sentence him. I like that. It's kind yeah. of a good misdirect. I like that a lot. It's not sentencing. I'm sorry, but whatever. It's commit him. They commit him. Yes. Um, it's a good bit. What are your pros, buddy? Um. Okay. So pros. Uh, you hit my first one with Hank shaming Bobby's lie. That's great. Um. Good Lord. Hormones, guys. If you have a, a preteen or teenager, you know just how insane hormones get. Uh, as somebody who, let's see, my significant other worked for a long time with people exclusively this age. This is the most insane type of, or insane time for anybody's life. And so the fact that Joseph is super confused, it makes this episode very authentic to me. So that was a huge pro to me. Um, we get an A plus Gribble conspiracy here, Mark, in the fact that DuPont okay. developed love in a chemical lab. I love that. <laughs> that makes me very happy. I need to read more about DuPont, and I've been intending on watching their, like, God, their one crazy dude that was obsessed with wrestling and the, the U.S. wrestling team. Um, there's, like, a movie about it with uh, Steve Carell, and I need to watch it. It looks fucking insane. Foxcatcher? Okay. Yeah, Foxcatcher. Um, okay, let's see here. 1986. So it uh, is this film spot is loosely based on the events surrounding multimillionaire E.I. E. DuPont family heir and wrestling enthusiast John DuPont. His 1986 recruitment of two 1984 Olympic gold medalist wrestlers, Mark Schultz and his other bro older brother, David, 
to help coach U.S. wrestlers for participation in the National World and Olympic competition uh, and the subsequent murder of David Schultz by DuPont in January of 96. Yeah, Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, Mark Ruffalo, Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, Steve Carell is the dude who plays DuPont, and he is like absolutely bonkers in this movie, I guess. It was nominated for Best Picture in 2008. Wow. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. Foxcatcher, buddy. Let's. You and I will have to do a, a fucking. That would be a. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now. That would be a fucking fantastic addition to your sports thing. I will put it on the docket as a Johnny <laughs> request. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I don't know if Brad's ever watched it, but that's that's out of the fucking realm of normal fucking sports movies. So there you go. Anyway, back on the ranch. Uh. I love the absolute ridiculousness of the assorted arrows sticking out of things. You mentioned it earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, the, Dale's like security system going haywire and him going, hit the deck and just arrows out of like, just sticking out of everywhere in his house. I'm like, holy shit. There's a lot of fucking arrows. Um, yeah. And then I, let's see here. Oh, the, okay. So, how closely did you watch uh, watch this episode, or were you mostly taking notes? I, I yes, I watched. I, I don't know what are you what are you going for here. So there is uh, there's a specific like almost solo frame of animation that I want to point out here that I don't like. If you're not watching for it, it's kind of hard to notice. But the look on Miguel Hernandez's face when Nancy one ups him that first time and just says. This is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing this. It almost makes yours look like small potatoes, huh, Miguel? He just has this, like, <laughs> jaw open, like, what the fuck did you just do to me moment? Yeah. And it is yeah. so good. <laughs> it's so good. Huge pro for me. Um, My last one here is once Dale gets this straightened out, he has a disability for life because you can't make it into a, a state mental institution without having a, like, diagnosable disability. That's just how things work. And so Dale is going to be able to get to park wherever he wants. And he's going to be able to get money from the government from here on out. Like it's just, what's going to happen for the rest of his life. Dale is going to be not uh, uh, set, but he's going to have some, some cushion. So I need you to take just a beat here and explain to me exactly how I can also get on the gribble package. I just got to um, say, I want to kill myself, but I don't need to mean it. Right. And then I got to babble about how they're all against me. Mark, you have to don't be, answer that. You, you have to be very <laughs> incompetent, and Dale has proven for thirteen seasons that he really shouldn't be fucking left to his own devices. I think, unfortunately, what are you talking for about? You, He's the most competent of them all. <laughs> unfortunately me, for you, me and Gribble are cut from the same cloth, plan. man. Give me your cons, buddy. Cons, I can't get on the Gribble method apparently. Um, cons. Um. Okay, I don't understand why I wrote this con, but the con is Dale thinks doing things matters. Dale doing th- <laughs> thinks doing things matters? I got nothing. Dale thinks doing things matters is apparently a con that I had with this episode. Next, con, WebMD. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's a scene there when... Hank goes and pulls Dale and or uh, Joseph and Lori out of the Bugabago, and then he goes, actually, dude, I'm really glad you're here. I want to talk to you about something. And then it cuts back. You see Hank looking at Joseph, cuts to Joseph, cuts back to Hank, and he's in his truck backing out of the driveway to go get Dale. 
We yeah. missed a scene where Hank squirrel tactics up and over the fence, all a Dale to get into his pickup. <laughs> You're right. You are absolutely right. And that is a huge con. <laughs> um, and then final con, this episode where Dale tells Joseph, like, you need to be emotionally prepared for sex is a better sex talk than 90% of the population gets. And I'm really sad that it's buried in this kind of shitty episode of King of the Hill that probably nobody's going to see. Right? Like, why you gotta go, Why you guys got to make this the one that you fucking cut from syndication? Yeah, I feel bad for Sanjay Shaw. Like, he tried. <laughs> I just... This is a pretty solid episode. <laughs> I don't know. For sure. Yeah. It has its moments. Yeah, it's not... It doesn't feel complete to me. Like I said, that ending cuts really bad. I feel like the Nancy plot is super shoehorned in for time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I This kind of is one of those ones to me that feels like it just needed to be something, but I don't know. I, something else, I just don't know what that something is. Okay. Maybe maybe Joseph going around to the guys in the alley and trying to get sex advice. And then, I mean, like, would be, him be comparing notes with Bill and, like... Yeah. They just exchange porn or something. I don't know. <laughs> God. Okay. I don't know. Um... Yeah, I don't know. You got a favorite moment, buddy? I got I got cons for you I haven't gotten into yet. You should do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. Um we just we've been going off the rails on this episode already. It's great. Uh so I feel the big first con here. Uh we've been over Dale's fake name for like two seasons now, right? That's when we met Lucy yeah, Shackelford. That's that's not a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like w- what other fake name is he realistically going to use? We've never heard him use anything other than Rusty Shackelford and I felt like that had a pretty solid pin in it. So I don't like that that gets brought up. Um, okay. I know, and you know, the Dale is, I, I the way I put this in, oh, I'll do an air quotes for the, the listeners here, is Dale is a loose bolt, right? Um, yeah. I definitely had to burp there. That wasn't a, hey, I want oh, you. Oh, you're good. I, I, I didn't need your affirmation. <laughs> I just had to burp. Gotcha. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, Okay, Dale is a quote-unquote loose bolt. But honestly, I okay. think that everybody, especially his three closest friends, should take memory loss as a serious thing for him. And here's my reasoning why. This dude inhaled toxic shit for two decades. What do you think it did to his brain? And if your answer is anything but it pickled it beyond recognition, I've got news for you. Um, Dale very much, very well could have dementia at the age of 40 and nobody thinks to give it a second thought. Now, I know we don't want to think of our, our TV characters as having something as fucking bummer as dementia, but I think everybody should use their brain and go, oh, that's right. Dale is not the healthiest human in the world. He has done nothing but do nasty shit to his brain for a very long time. Maybe this is his comeuppance, quote unquote. Well, there's a um, there's a cool bit in there too. Um, you know what happened to Dale in the reboot? Oh, no, he died. <laughs> Where's Johnny Hardwick? Oh, Johnny Hardwick's dead too. But what happened to Dale? He went crazy. Bill, we all remember yeah. Dale going crazy and being tased by twenty two Texas Rangers simultaneously. Yeah, like yeah, like his his yeah. brain got so pickled from all of the the pesticide that he has inhaled. That yeah, he just snapped one day and then that was it. It was just he was just done. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, my last con here is that if you are watching this episode hoping that you see a realistic response time for mental health, uh, boy, do I have news for you. I worked at a crisis center for a very long time, and I watched people go in and out for a very long time. I cannot tell you a single client that I ever had that actually made their way to the state institution like they needed to be. Not one single one. It's overcrowded. It's way too full. They don't accept anybody unless they're basically like... I, you have to be the worst of the worst of the worst, or you have to have a super criminal record in order for them to ex accept you. So there is absolutely mm. no way in real in real time that Dale would act a, kind of a little bit loony and within a couple of days get a hearing in front of a bunch of people to potentially get committed to a state hospital. That wouldn't happen. Not even a little bit. Right. So... That's a big con. Huh. Guys, don't think that you got it on easy street if you just act like a crazy person and throw your shit at people. It's not going to work that way. You're going to basically turn into a homeless person if that's the case. Uh, now we're So I should get ruins. a gun. Okay, gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> Damn it, Mark. <laughs> I want my fucking moment. handicap sticker, John. <laughs> favorite moments, me trying to backdoor you into getting me committed. Um... <laughs> Um, so it's it literally, it's, I feel bad for doing this because it's also our like uh, sound stinger at the end of the episode, but it's that Miguel Hernandez doing his to catch a bully bit. He goes, consider yourself hit hard. And then the bully gasps. It's <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the reflection of like, you know, journalistic rigor in the 20th century. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't. I don't know. I didn't take a lot of favoritism out of this episode. How about you, buddy? Um. Okay, so I I have a good one here, and it's a callback. And I hope you can follow my thread here. Mark? Okay. Do you recall the last time we saw Dale in the booby hatch? I, well, because that would have been... um. Oh, I just called out that episode, right? Where all three of them are in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, do you happen to recall the conversation Naked Ambition. Has... Naked Ambition. Thank you. Do you happen to, to yeah. remember the conversation that he has with the director of the booby hatch? Uh, vaguely, but refresh my memory, because I bet the listeners don't. I, I'm sure the listeners know, and I'm going to make you look like a fool here, because Dale is talking about how uh, peanuts are tired of us eating them, and so they have started to oh, weaponize yeah. themselves. We have That's my favorite right. moment is the return of Dale's peanut theory. The idea that peanuts are tired and they have developed a self like a like a self-defense mechanism, and that's why so many people are allergic to peanuts. He talks about that, and I swear to God, I was like, oh my god, am I remembering you talking about this already? Or is this really a, th a throwback? And he didn't use that specific phrasing, and I went, Holy shit, this is two episodes in a like two episodes of Dale getting interviewed by somebody that is mental health related where he's going into his peanut theory. This is a callback. It's a very intentional callback. And that is huge yeah. for me. Sanjay Shah, you get up, yeah. you get like half a fucking mark up just for that for me. And that makes me very happy. I, You know what? Hey, you know what? Hey, Sanjay Shah, do you hear this? Yeah, it's a fucking clap. And that's a, that's a clap. That's for you, Mr. Shah. Well done, sir. Mm-hmm. 
Thanks for not forgetting Dale's crazy peanut theory. That's my only favorite <laughs> moment of this episode, though. All right. Well, that works for me, man. Um, you got anything else to say or you want a raider? Uh, no, I think we need to break down that rating system, man. Well, take it away, buddy. Knowing that this will be the last time that you get to do a dangle podcast rating. <laughs> it's going to be good. So at the very How does that bottom make you feel? of our dangle podcast, uh, it makes me feel like a charcoal, which is a, a very lame failure of an episode of King of the Hill. Uh, this is an episode that does not represent this show very well at all. It's not rewatchable. It doesn't do very good. And it's honestly, it's just a poor representation of what King of the Hill should be. After that, you got your Megalo. It's a step above that, but it's really not that much better. Mark and I, we usually like to liken this to, it's a turd, but it's got some little shiny golden nuggets of corn hiding in it. Uh, it's got a good moment here and there. It's got a funny joke here and there. Maybe it got a meme somewhere down the line. A Megalo episode is not a very good episode of King of the Hill. You're not seeking this out. But it's not as bad as the charcoal. But what's a little bit better than a Megalo is a Butane. It's a bastard episode. You love to hate it. You hate to love it. A butane is a bastard gas. Butane episodes are the bread and butter of King of the Hill, right? They're going to be the average, everyday, hey, I just want to watch something that I don't have to pay attention to kind of episodes. There's a lot of them throughout the duration of this series. We've seen an awful lot of them, especially in this last half of this series. Um, butanes, they're a dime a dozen, and they're acceptable, they're watchable, you're just not going to seek these episodes out. The ones you are going to seek out, and you're actively going to say, oh, I want to watch King of, the, King of the Hill, and I'm going to watch this episode. These are our Char King episodes. They're going to represent the best and brightest of what King of the Hill is. If Mark and I come together and both rate an episode of Char King, it becomes an Imperial. This represents one of the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill, that you just need a little bit of context to understand. And once you have that context, you're going to understand and go, oh, that's right. That's why all of this connects and clicks so well. Well, after that, you've only got one better type of episode, and these are our introductory episodes of King of the Hill. There are Blue Flames of Valor. They're the absolute best. This is what you show to somebody who has never seen this show before, and you want to get them interested in it. It's going to be a fun time for everybody, and so you show them this. Um, when Mark, Mark and I, we've only given about, what, six or seven Blue Flames each? And a handful of these mm -hmm. have been double blue flames, but not, I, I think maybe, maybe we've had five total double blue flames, which is our top five, which is very interesting to me. But hey, mm -hmm. as of next week, we'll know, we'll, we'll have officially rated every episode of this series. Um, but Mark, until then, uh, I got to ask you on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, what do you give Joseph and Lori, yada, yada, yada? <laughs> Uh, Joseph and Lori, yada, 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 gets a butane out of me. This is real middle of the road. Um, there's a little bit of good Dale in it. There's a little bit of good Joseph. Oh, shit. Okay. I forgot my other favorite moment. Can I go back? You can absolutely go back. To call this out, John, my other favorite moment is, um, sitting in class, right, and Joseph yells at Lori, no means no, I won't go all the way with you, and Clark Peters is behind him. And yes. then Clark Peters hears Joseph go, I won't go all the way with you. And he gets that, like, weird like Clark Petersy shit-eating grin. Yes, and Clark Peters and Lori are going to go all the way, and that girl is getting pregnant tonight, Johnny. And thus continues the epic of Clark Peters. He's not He's going to become a fake movie kid. doctor. Yep, just one snotty, horrible kid. But there's a twist. Lori's dad is actually a... um. 
allergy doctor. I don't, I can't remember what they're called, but yes, he's an allergy doctor and gets that poor boy fixed. Um, okay, sorry, I'll cut that back in. Yes. Um, ratings. It's a, it's a butane dude. This is middle of the road. This is. I don't know. It's okay. It's got some okay Dale. It's got some funny moments. It's got some good callbacks. Um, it's Sanjay Shaw. We know he's good, but it doesn't stand out to me. There's nothing in here that I'm like, oh my god, that's the best thing ever. Because it's really not. Um, right. This episode doesn't okay. feel finished to me. But I'll take this unfinishedness over some of the finished quote-unquote shit that we've gotten lately. You know what I mean? So it's a butane. It's not bad, but it's not good. And it's, I don't know. I guess we'll just bid a fond farewell to Sanjay Shaw. Yeah. Okay. How about you, buddy? Um. So you gotta cue up your uh, your favorite sound cue at least one more time, buddy. Uh, butane for <laughs> me right. as well. So it's a tutane. My dad says butane, 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 butane. I mentioned this earlier. This seems like like I've seen a lot of Dale doesn't know how to be a parent episodes, and mm-hmm. y- you know if you want something more than a butane, you have to stand out, and this episode doesn't stand out. This doesn't stand out any more than the smoking bandit. This doesn't stand out any more than um, of mice and little green men. Like Dale, do we know Dale's a shitty parent? Like the, you just get like little snippets. I'm a little sad that we get an entire episode basically dedicated to the fact that that everybody is recognizing Dale needs to be institutionalized, and he needs some fucking help. Mm-hmm. And yet it should. It, it's just not as good as it should be. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they just they left something on the table. There was something there that they could have used. Like, come on, guys, you've had 13 seasons to culminate Dale's crazy. Give it to me right now. Give me both barrels. You're putting him in the fucking booby hatch. And so the fact that they, they didn't kind of impress upon that is it's a little disheartening. It's a little sad. Like, I don't hate this episode, but like there's so much more that I think could have been done with it. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a butane for me. It's just not a. It doesn't really stand out as anything super special. You know, I think we can comfortably say this is the last Dale centric episode we're gonna see, and this doesn't even crack my top three Dale episodes. And it's a very Dale centric episode. Hey, what can you say when the guys' best years were six years ago? I mean, that's what we say about the show in general. I think I don't. <laughs> without getting shitty about yeah. it, I just no, 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 yeah. no, no. But. Yeah. Anyway, uh, why don't we uh, we we truck on over to our next one? Um, you know, it, it, we we might need a little bit of extra energy for this next one. What do you think? I think so, and I honestly think at this point it would be crazy of us to not go to the next episode. Oh, well, we better just get on over there. Then. All right, this is episode two hundred and fifty-eight. Just another manic con day. Sorry, I had to had to sing it to you because <laughs> I like 80s music. What can I say? Original air date, May 6th, 2010. Uh, as of now, this is the most current and newest episode of King of the Hill, Mark. That May is 6th, so weird. 2010. We, have, we haven't had new King of the Hill in almost 14 years as of this recording. And you know what, God. guys? I'm okay with it. I yep. think Mark's okay with it. Yep. I think we're, we're just... As a collective, we're okay with it. But this is written by Jennifer Barrow. Mark, have we seen Jennifer Barrow before? And if so, where? Yeah, we saw her once before on a Dreamweaver, the basket episode. We gave it a two-tane. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, and then I'm looking the back in our st- logs here. Because, yeah, the name doesn't stand out to me, and I think this is one Whoa. of the only two she wrote. So, yeah. Yeah, well, good for you. Good for you on uh, sticking it out and coming back for another one. I appreciate that. Uh, our cast of characters for Just Another Manic Conde is... Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Jeff Boomhauer, Joseph Gribble, Kahneman, Supernus and Pone, Connie, Supernus and Pone, Buck Strickland, Donna, Enrique, Joe Jack, my friend, Batherton, <laughs> Octavio, and Melinda. Uh, you also missed the uh, tall, thin, white aliens in the Megalomart. Uh, they're not listed in here, so I'm going to blame the wiki. Because well, uh, that's the easiest thing to do with uh, one episode to go, is I'm going to blame the wiki on everything. Yes. Well, I'm going to make you anyway, watch uh, To Sirloin with Love, and you need to take stock of every character. You're not allowed to use the wiki. If we ha- if we got to be good on To Sirloin, then we need to oof. put our ankles in it. <laughs> oof. <laughs> and um, I know that there's way synopsis- too many people in that episode. Our synopsis for this episode, when Connie and Min go to Laos... Khan experiments with not taking his meds and teams up with Hank on a super grill. Bobby finds out that not every er, not every early comedian was a trendsetter, and thank God. Uh, Mark, A story character is Hank and Khan. B story character is Bobby. Let's get right into the notes here. You want to start? You want me to start? Uh, before we kick this off, I gotta ask you, dude, is it a super grill or more of a novelty grill? Novelty grill. <laughs> Thank you. What are your notes, Fight's buddy? Fight's on. <laughs> um, okay, so first off, between this episode and The Simpsons, and I swear to freaking God, there was some other episode of some other Fox sitcom. I know I've heard about it in like six different sources. Dude, Ray J. Johnson and his estate, they owe Fox animation so much. So much. Because... Does anybody remember Ray J. Johnson? No. Well, so, they so remember I went, the bits that are in this show and The Simpsons and all that other crap. Yeah. Well, I went down a rabbit hole. His name isn't Ray J. Johnson. It's Bill Saluga. And that Ray J. character was just a character that he did in one... It was a one-time character in an album, and he literally built his entire... It's like how Larry the Cable Guy only got fit, famous when he started being stupid and going, Get her done. It's literally just that. That is his only shtick. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ray J. Johnson. I know you're dead. Yeah, I think you've been dead for like 20 years now. He actually died. Um, Good on about you, man. A, so he died a year ago, and a couple days after this one comes out, he passed away March 28th, 2023. Wow. Okay. Born September 16th, 1937. So that's something. I don't know. That's a good life. That's a good long life. Well, Ray mm-hmm. J. Johnson, you, you don't get you, you don't get to hear us talk about your awful, awful stuff, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> okay. Did you notice? Uh, so I took a note of this. Uh, did you notice there's an animation difference when they show the the couple, the uh, man, the woman, and the baby, and the the man's holding the baby with the papoose? Yeah, the tall, thin whites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The aliens. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. So that's what you're referencing. That makes Sorry, way yeah. more sense now. I assume that everybody has the at least an an approximate knowledge of aliens like I do. I'm sorry. That's my bad. 
No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. I just I wanted to make a note of it because that's it wasn't just me, right? You also no. Saw that's the very, joke. Very that's the point. Yeah. Difference. Yeah, that's the point. Is like okay. hey, that's literally they're doing a Simpsons joke there when Lisa's like in the future it says we'll have you know pink skin and five fingers and Homer imagines them that way and he goes ew gross it's that that's the joke they're making. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um. So we have a little bit of a timeline discrepancy, Mark. Do we? We do, because Boomhauer references that the Super Nusipons have been on Rainy Street for about dang old seven years, man. Yeah, because the show's been going on for about dang old seven years, man. Because the whole dang old fucking happened in a year, man, is fucking bullshit, and dang old, you're a giblethead if you think that, man. Dang old, talk about nothing, man. Yeah, dang old show about nothing, man. Uh, <laughs> Boomhauer, once again, is the only one who gets to peek beyond the curtain and beyond the fourth wall. Um, yeah, like, they've been around forever. See, like a very long time, and yet nobody has actually aged except for Joseph and Bobby and Connie. Like, we've gotten a year and a half of age out of them. Yeah, Peggy it. had a birthday. Um, Bill has had a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's got a birthday, I wonder who. Guys, go back and listen to Hank in the Great Glass Elevator when I opened that and John wants to kill me. That was... Please, please do. You were in the think hole recording um, that. You were so mad at me. It was wonderful. Also, I want to call out really quick. If you're doing time discrepancies, um, it's Grill Stravaganza, yeah. which means this is summer. Now, uh, we just got reborn again on the 4th of July, and you got all mad about how come we didn't see Grill Stravaganza. Well, there yes. you go. But then also, but also, yes. I'm sorry, Boomhauer should still be in Canada, right? Or are we just yes. saying that, okay, so can are we saying that Uh-Oh Canada is the one that doesn't count? Yes, it has to be. It doesn't count, because right? That's it's the not only an episode we're that not exists. seeing his lady because, anymore. Well, and you said she shows up, and I'm very curious to see if she shows up next week into Sirloin, because I don't remember. You said you say she does, so I'm curious to see, but either way, you're talking... Well, I don't know if she does. I just want her to. Oh, I thought you said she does show up. My, uh, okay, well, okay. No, no, there's a there's a, there's a wide widespread fan theory that that is who he ends up with, and that we while we don't see her in the finale... Like, that's the whole reason, like, he brought her home because that's the one he wants to settle down with. I got you. Yes. I got you. So, um, let's see here. We have a uh, music cue, Dancing With Myself by Gen X. I've heard that song a million times. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Notes, uh, notes, notes, notes. Uh, I now believe, Mark, that Khan is in fact the creator of Mecha Godzilla. I'm pretty sure he just created him in a manic state, and that's the reason that we have Mecha Godzilla now. I want to see a Khan fueled kaiju movie. I'm into it. I think it'll be it'll be fantastic. And honestly, why haven't we gotten the Laotian perspective on Godzilla yet? Let's it's a, it's a fucking travesty. Last <laughs> note here is it's a shout out to anybody who has ever fought manic depression. Specifically, the depression, the depression bit. Um, Mark, I feel like you and I are allowed to talk about this because it's you and I, and you know what? We we take our personal lives and we showcase it to the world with this podcast. Mm-hmm. You and I have both had significant fucking struggles with depression, and I know it doesn't sound like it because you and I have a grand old time every single week we're here doing the dang old podcast. But depression is a motherfucker. There is no other way to describe it, and yeah. Hot damn if I have not felt exactly like Khan some days where 
I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get off my couch. I don't want to watch TV. I don't want to play video games. I don't want to talk about King of the Hill. I don't want to do anything but sit there and go, yep, everything I've ever done in my whole life is fucking pointless. And what's the point in going on? Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to get out of that. And so anybody who's out there fighting that fucking feeling, just know we've been there. We came out of it and we're here to support you if you are the one that's fucking fighting it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's anyway. It's not your fault, guys, but it is your responsibility. So, it, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, um, get the help if you need it. There's people out there. Find anybody that you can talk to about it. I I, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at how many people are willing to fucking stick their neck neck out for you if you say, "Hey, I'm struggling. I'm having a really hard time today, and I need some help. Can you mm-hmm. help me?" Yeah, it's a hard fucking thing to ask. But if you really need it, they'll know it and they'll help you. Anyway, that's the end of my notes. I figured I'd end it almost on a positive note because, hey, depression's a motherfucker. Yeah. And this is a great episode to showcase that. Like, yeah, the manic part is kind of fun to watch. But his that like two thirds the way through the episode where we see him just completely fucking tank. God, did that hit home for me? Oh, yeah. I I've well, I know that you have been here when that's happened. Like on both our ends, you mm-hmm. know, like we've been around each other. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I remember Absolutely. recording a very special crossover podcast once upon a time and it hit me about, oh, I'd say 20 minutes in and yeah, <laughs> ruined my fucking night. Yeah. 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 I hate Absolutely. It. Guys, you're not alone. Depression is, it's, you have to keep fighting against it and it's not fucking easy, but hey, you can, you can reach out to Mark and I will bullshit with you. If you're having a shitty fucking night. I mean, I'm not going to speak for Mark, but I'll talk with you. Yeah, don't talk to me. I can't handle that hey. shit. I'm barely put together as a human as it is. I No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and talk to you about King of the Hill. That's You just got to guise it that way. If you hey, want to talk, you wanna to, if you wanna come episode, talk to us I'll about King of the Hill, episode. yeah, you want to come talk to us about King of the Hill, by all means. If you co- if you jump on our Instagram like DMs and go, I want to kill myself, I'm going to be like, uh, do a flip. I'll send you the wow. picture. Of, I will send you the Futurama picture of... Bender up or Hermes up on the roof. Goodbye, cruel world. And Bender going, do a flip. I'm going to send you that image. So don't come talking Stop to me. Stop hogging to that liver. Talk you down off that ledge, so to speak. Stop talking about liver. Be in the angry dome. Hey, it, Mark needs Futurama. your kidneys. Don't fucking waste them. Mark, what are your notes? <laughs> I promise to give it a Mountain Dew a day. Um... Notes. Here we go. Um, I remember this one. It's about mental health, right? Question mark. Connie's here, but no lines. Again, there's no lines out of Connie, John. Nope. Um, Bill Gathers Moss is the last time we heard Connie talk, but before that, I don't know the last time, last time, which leads me to believe that Lauren Tom is no longer really working on King of the Hill. Except for the fact that we hear a lot of men this episode, but yes. Well, yeah, but that's my point, is I think something happened where they renegotiated, because, like, I don't know okay. how that works. I don't know yeah, how that works is... with, like, voices as, like... So, I know... So, so surely, uh, Brittany Murphy got paid for both Luann and the young Joseph until he went through puberty and became Breck right. and Meyer. So, to that end, surely, uh, Lauren Tom is getting paid for both Min and Connie, Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how this works. Somebody that knows, let me know. But my, my whole point to this is we just forgot that Connie exists and then we see her, but she gets no lines. That bums me out. I don't, 
I want to hear about how excited yeah. she is to go see her granddad in Laos. Like, yeah. Right? Okay, um, I you already called him out. It's uh, Thatherton, but I named him Thatherspin because he does that weird, like, spin jump kick, and I love it. It could almost <laughs> be a pro for me. My friend. <laughs> My friend. That's what the MF stands for. <laughs> um... <laughs> Joe Jack is I don't know if Joe Jack is predicting Lady Gaga in 2008 when he talks about we could cover you and meet and cook you for just a little bit but I'm pretty sure he's Ooh. either referencing Lady Gaga or predicting her and either way somebody owes somebody some money um the okay so I looked into this um that fucking Ray J Johnson album um that album came out in 1978 it was an album called okay. Dancing Johnson. Peggy said that got us through 1976 and the second gas crisis. The second gas crisis was in 1979. She's not wrong. She's just dumb and has her dates wrong, so it's not a con against Peggy. But the two <laughs> top albums of 19... Or comedy albums of 1976, they were Richard Pryor albums. The first was Bicentennial and the second was uh, Are You Serious? And that's the name of the album, guys. You didn't hear me say it because I beeped it out because I'm not comfortable saying it. But that's the name Hard of the R. album. <laughs> but um, I went and looked it up. Uh, it's they are. Prayer. It's not funny. <laughs> it is. It is. I don't know. I I watched a lot of Richard Pryor this morning, and like I know he's kind of funny because I remember there's that one when I he talks Richard about Pryor. smoke and crack and lighting himself on fire, and that shit is hilarious. And like, yeah, he's I was not watching my favorite, but I like him. I don't know, dude. I, I watched his like Mudbone sketch, and he it I just don't get it. It's like a slow talking black guy. That's what. That's the joke? Okay. Well, comedy of the 70s, man, there's no accounting for it, because, like, people say that George Carlin was hilarious. It's like, no, he was just angry and swore a lot, but, like, you know, Eddie Murphy's Raw, I still maintain, is the best comedy album of all time, so bear that as you will. I'm part of the problem, I know. Um, better self-portrait in this series, Connor Boomhauer, because it's in the same style, which I think is very, very interesting. But Boomhauer. they're both... I like they're, they're both better. expressionist. Okay, okay, I like that. I was just curious. I like they both paint the same kind of portrait, but I like it. Yeah, we can get super horned up for all things here. Um, but Khan wants to add the robot to the grill, right? <laughs> yes. So my Mecha question Godzilla. is, yes, Mecha Godzilla. Um, so my question is here, John. Um, number one, could this robot be fueled by propane? Second question is, okay. is Carradine dead yet from the choking stroke? Third question is, where the hell is Junkie Ooh. Joe to come rig a, pro pre a propane robot? Because that would be the best callback. I like to think that for some fucking reason, Khan just knows uh, Junichiro. They just, you know, they consulted multiple times. Like, at some point, Junichiro was like, I have a brother in Texas. You have a brother? Who is it? His name, Hank Hill. Oh, that's my hillbilly neighbor. Like, I am sure that is exactly how that conversation occurred and shook down. And then somehow Junichiro just jumps on a plane back. And because Cotton left him all the money from his estate, that's why... Cotton had nothing. So Cotton sold the, you know, grave in Arlington, gave the money to uh, Janichiro and his mother, and now Janichiro is independently wealthy. I don't fucking know. I just was, I got really <laughs> excited for the idea that, like, we could get a propane-powered robot and it would be, you know, tooled in by Janichiro for a 30-second cameo. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, Junkie Joe died in 2009, so yeah. he would have been dead June 3rd, 2009, age 72, in Thailand. Most wow, I did not realize he did the choke and stroke in Thailand. 
That was the joke. Ah, that was the joke. The hooker killed him. It wasn't. He didn't. Wow. It's not a joke. That well, that's you were talking about conspiracy theories. That's my theory is that um, he paid a hooker and she killed him. Like at some point. I think Johnny, your your pros. Anything, buddy. Your favorite yes, comedy yes. album from the seventies. Um, from the seventies. That's. I don't know if I. They have don't a exist. They suck. 70s. It was. There's a lot of Bill Cosby. There's so many Bill Cosby albums, John, and I can say that like, <laughs> he had a couple of funny jokes. I will never not think the whole like I brought you into this world, I can take you out of it is not hilarious. But that's about it. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> uh, favorite. We should comedy, be allowed to kill our kids. I don't know if I have. A, I don't know if I have a favorite comedy album, but the one I've listened to the most is the only one Donald Glover ever released. I've listened to that about 20 times, and I think it's fucking hilarious. Weirdo? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. fantastic one. Um, Let's see here. Pros. Uh, I really like the suggestions from everybody at Strickland on how to beat Fatherton. Like, everybody's suggestions. We get Jojack. We get uh, Enrique. We get Donna wanting to, to pseudo-strip and almost get naked for people. Like, I like how that kind of yes ends itself into ridiculousness and then Hank finally calls it out as like anything that keeps Donna's clothes on. We're good with that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, I love how organic the the friendship of Hank and Khan go it like starts. And I call it the elevator pitch scene, where Khan casually drops that he's worked with Wagner. And Hank picks up on it and goes, wait a minute, yeah. you have worked with Wagner. And then they have this, no, we need to we need to talk about this and we need to talk about this right now. Like, I just want to hear you tell me about them. Oh, well, what's there to tell? It's a great product. Like, why wouldn't I like this? This is fantastic. And Hank is just thinking in his mind, like, holy shit. I finally have something to connect with Khan on because we are on the same page about something because Wagner is the tits. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, guys. If we could all own Wagner Char Kings, we probably fucking would. Mm -hmm. um, I love that whole scene there because it feels very organic. It feels very earned. It feels very fucking natural. Um, okay. Okay, I had a blow my mind moment because I've only watched this episode a handful of times. This right. is maybe three or four times. I have never watched it close enough to listen to Khan when he talks all the time because he talks like he gets kind of in his manic state gets kind of fast and everything mm -hmm. else. I have never caught the, hey, did you know that Hank is an anagram for Khan? K-A-H-N-H-A-N-K? <laughs> that blew my mind, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what don't, the absolute fuck? He's been don't here read since my the third script. I was going to make fun of you for that. <laughs> like, holy shit. It blew my I mind, man. I um, forgot the episode and you had that like mind blowing aporia of, all right, Mark, did you realize that Hank is an anagram for Khan? And you thought it was like groundbreaking. I'm like, yeah, it's four letters and I'm <laughs> dyslexic. Of course I did. Like, of course, of course I did. <laughs> um, pros, pros here. I have a, one really good one at the end here, but uh, next one here, we have Bobby's, <laughs> I called it his quote unquote, beautiful mind moment with Ray J. Johnson Jr. <laughs> because that's the only way I can describe it is Bobby has listened to this so much that he's basically become autistic when it comes to, to comedy and like it just makes sense to him now like cool it, you finally you broke me you just made it funny for me Um, my last one is a very cool callback to something so 
they go to meet Octavio because Octavio is apparently their Mexican drug like connection, right? How close did you pay attention to that scene, Mark? I not really. Why? What's up? Did you happen to notice the tag that's on the fence as they're going to meet Octavio? Oh, God, no. Well, not only are they going through a very shady part of town where you might want to find some uh, some bait for your uh, redhead um, bass, smallmouth okay. bass with a lump of crack, uh, that is very familiar. But if you're looking, as they're walking to go and see Octavio, you happen to notice a little bit of cue bag on the fence when they meet him. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's some throwback to some cue bag, man. <laughs> yeah that might have been I when loved, i was I looking into shit. the top albums of 1970 yeah that's awesome i liked it a lot yeah Good looking at dude so those are my pros what do you got for me i want to hear what you got here um my pros i get to make fun of johnny for the con hank anagram oh shit he beat <laughs> me to it um pro it's good to see hank and con being buddies in the truck i i don't know i really feel like we got yeah I don't want to say shortchanged on Khan, but I really think we could have stood to see more Khan and Hank shenanigans. Like, I would have, I would have taken two more Khan-centric episodes, and I think we would have been good. I feel like we got yeah. shortchanged two episodes. But I don't want especially Khan's, in this last season. Not even I, I, not so number one, not Khan-centric, but I want Hank and Khan to be doing something together and not the car wash because that's a bad one. But like, oh, when yeah, we start, yeah, yeah. so remember back when this started, um, we got to like. Uh, the son that got away, and I was like, yeah, dude, this is like, you know, this is established that Hank and Connor are best friends, and you're like, oh, you're crazy, you're high, Mark, and I'm like, yeah, probably, but like, I still maintain that a lot, and I really, I just kind of feel bummed out that through the run of the series, we didn't get more of it, you know, we instead we just kind of get Hank and Con abusing each other a little bit, and there's the good ones too, like, you know, Man right. Without a Country Club, or like, um, uh, Nine Rivers, like, those are good ones, but... Just a little bit more. I don't know. It's cool. It's just cool to see him hanging out because, like, number one, Hank is a good dude and an approachable person, and he will find something to talk about with most people. And I, I think that speaks to his character. They're in the truck. And wait, did you say Wagner? This might sound weird, but I just want to hear you talk. Like, that's cool. But right. just them kind of sitting together, and I don't know. I liked it a lot. Anyway, um, con sad haiku, and then I remembered how I used to write haikus all the time in college. So I will now pose a new haiku or compose a new haiku before the end of this series. Um, Bobby's descent into madness with Ray J. Johnson. Cause it's not funny. It's, <laughs> I don't get it. I listen to it. You have to go on YouTube and listen to it. And it's just, no, what? I won't, I won't do it. You should, you really should because it's just that it's just that bit. And I don't, is that the point? Like, so I, I started watching boardwalk empire and there's a bit in there, and the guy's literally just... It's a stand-up comedian doing Rodney Dangerfield jokes, more or less. Like, my wife is so X that she does X. And it's like, was comedy easier? I'm sure comedy was easier in the 1920s, because not everybody was connected and heard every joke. But God, dude, can you imagine the, like, Wild West scene that was stand-up comedy in the 70s before, like, you realized you could... I don't know, I just... At some point, there had to be a crossover, and, like... I, I don't know, man. I just, I think about like, you know, great bits and shit. Like who was the first Mitch Hedberg? Cause there had to be the first Mitch Hedberg before Mitch Hedberg. Like, right. I don't know. Stuff like that. I, you know, my mind kind of cascaded from there. And I think that's why I might've missed Q bag, but yeah. Um, anyway, 
Um, as a general note, I... It's not a pro, but I at least feel kind of seen with this episode. Because I go through that, those, like, super marked points of highness where I will bake while simultaneously cleaning, while simultaneously writing an episode of Two Wizards, while simultaneously winning a religious victory on Civ. Yeah. Like, and I... I feel like at least this kind of like made me feel like I'm not the only one that does it. And I like that bit. Um, and then also I like the bit about, I like the look of panic in the guy's eyes when Hank, when they're talking about the prescription and he goes, and he goes, yeah, I said it evens out his mood. And Dale goes, were those, or, or who says it's Bill or Dale? One of the two goes, were those his words? Because usually that's what people say when they're manic. And I like, like they yeah. all know, they all know how bad Hank is fucked up in this moment. And I really, really like that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are my pros. I, I generally like this episode. Like, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump into cons because I only have two here. Okay. Um, First one here, we're going to go back to Ray J. Johnson Jr. Because as silly as a B-plot as this is, (laughs) I'm pretty sure the entirety of this is, like, the only thing I could get, the only only funny thing I could find in this entire thing is he doesn't want him to call him Johnson because it's a dick joke. Is that it? The whole point of this. That's the joke because it's a dick joke? You can call me Ray J. You can call me Ray J.J. You can call me R.J. You can call me R.J.J.J. Jr. Uh, you just don't call me Johnson. It's a dick joke. Holy sh! Okay, I also just put something together in my head. Oh my god! Wow, <laughs> it's a dick joke. All right, this whole thing is a is a very veiled dick joke. So you're mad that we went whatever this is two hundred and forty six episodes of King of the Hill, and this is our first really good dick joke. No, I just I'm mad that the I, I've heard of Ray J Johnson. All this fucking time, like I've heard it on The Simpsons, I've heard it on King of the Hill, I've heard it a million fucking places, and it's it's a one stupid dick joke. Like, it's not even a good dick joke. I could make a better dick joke with my own dick. I can make a better dick joke by looking down at mine. Because that's the joke. Exactly. That's the... Exactly. Some poor sucker's I, walking around with con. nothing, because I've got it all. It's a con <laughs> to me, because nobody gets it, nobody calls it out, nobody understands. Bobby funny. would be the one that, that would make the connection. You know, Bobby's right. the one that knows comedy, and he would make the connection, but he doesn't call it out, and it's like, damn it. Um, all right, all right. My other con here, and it gets remedied halfway through the episode, or three quarters of the way through the episode, is Hank is incredibly out of line in not giving giving Khan back his meds. Like, when he knows, oh, yeah, he's manic, and then he goes, but I don't want him, like, I don't want to give him this because I need this shit to get done. That's incredibly fucked up and super irresponsible. Like, come on, dude, don't do that. <laughs> I get it. I know it's not the best to keep people medicated, but fuck, if Khan, for all intents and purposes, has been medicated since the day you met him, fucking give him his meds. Flash forward to, like, three years from now when we're doing, like, live shows and shit, and I've also been diagnosed with manic depressive, and you're like, well, Mark has been really down this trip, and I can refill his prescription because somehow I have that power, 
but we got to go on stage in 20, and he just kicked back into good, so I'm just going to wait. And then I want you to remember this moment. He kicked back into good? <laughs> Holy shit. Those are the only two cons I've got here. Give me what you, what, what you didn't like about this episode. Let me hear it. Con, Donna still works at Strickland. How? Fucking Donna. I mean, it's we all know it's because Buck is stripping her, but still. Yes, it's it's Donna's cans. Yeah, Donna's cans. That's about it. Also, where's Melinda and her abs? Because I want to see Melinda washing a car. But, but, but. I also want... I Okay, this is just me. I would pay for a full-service car wash with Joe Jack and Budasak. I don't know why, but I would. Don't ask me. And, like, maybe Enrique's there spraying shit down with the hose, but I'd pay for that. Um, okay. What slash who were those things in Megalomart? I don't know. They're a tall, thin whites. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, the alien, like, this is confirming <laughs> 13 seasons of Dale Gribble bullshit. The alien invasion has started, and now they have, like, seamlessly integrated and assimilated into America. They are coming. The future is nigh, guys. So, Khan is baking cookies. I like to bake. I'm baking a lot. I just made some baller-ass cinnamon rolls, and one thing I can tell you is that ovens get hot. He goes and pulls those piping hot cookies that he mentions are piping hot out of the oven with no glove. Yeah, it's an animation. He just hands them. I noticed that too. Yeah, it's an animation gaff, but still, I was like, wait, he keeps talking about how hot these are, but also, Con, let your cookies rest, guys. Come on. Um, <laughs> so, somehow, we were just talking shit about how the last episode off mic, we talked about it for an hour. And I'm sorry, I don't have any inanity to fill this in like cereal. So, I guess we're to favorite moments, unless you got anything else for me, dude. No, we are to favorite moments. I have one here. And it's old people, Mark. Okay. I don't want it in a pill. I want it in an ointment. Because, damn it, if I can have anything, I want it in an ointment. I don't want it in a pill. I'm going to try and turn it into a suppository. (laughs) I don't want it in a suppository. I want it in an ointment. Also, cut to the best joke in Scrubs. Um, It's pronounced... Anal- analgesic, not analgesic. You need to rub it on, not stick it in your butt. <laughs> That's why it wasn't working. <laughs> you smell like ointment and pee. <laughs> Holy I... shit. What do you, what, favorite moment from you, buddy? I wish they'd all die. <laughs> um, I, I wish write one knew. down. Can you believe it? I got a couple, though, like just, you know off the cuff um i'm a big fan of dale's i've just glued a toaster to the grill is that something that he stands up and then the toaster falls off the grill and dumps all the fucking screws on the ground that's hilarious side pro they animated the screws rocketing out of the toaster when it hit the ground that was great (laughs) yep um and Khan's, like, depression haiku is so good, but then cutting to Hank, like, oh, I'll get him out of this. Are you going to cry? You want to put on a dress, Missy? And he doesn't. Khan he he coaches him. And then Khan starts crying. And Hank feels right? like, okay, okay. So I just want to point out here, this is, like, this is, for all intents and purposes, the last episode of King of the Hill, right? We're just saying, like, yeah, we're either this is the series finale or not. But, like, how many times have we seen Hank Hill yell at somebody? Like, you're a loser. Baby gonna loser. cry. And you're when has it ever fucking worked? It's never, ever worked. Never. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we get to see Hank try one more time and then just it doesn't get to work. That's great. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I don't know. I really like it, though. I guess that's a pro. I 
I'm really glad that, like, we're watching this and we don't have horrible points to talk shit about it on. You know, like, yeah. I- I'm oh, realizing yeah. that the episodes we like more we are shorter because we just enjoy them and don't rip them apart so mercilessly. You know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. This is a big one for that, for sure. Um, are we to ratings, buddy? Because I'd love to give you my rating, and I'm I'm excited to hear yours. Well, so just before we get there, we've been hitting this point a lot, and this is the last time I'm going to hit this point until, you know, the last time, last time we do it. Does this feel like an episode of King of the Hill to you? Because, I mean, you know, grills, propane, but then, like, you take something that's not funny, like, you know, manic depressive disorder, and you make it kind of fucking funny. So I would say that it um, does. A- it absolutely does. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I just I don't I'm I don't know. I guess I'm just bummed and don't want it to end. Johnny, what are you rate her? All right. Uh I gave uh just another manic conde a char king. Oh shit. I really, really like this episode, Mark. It gives us it explores the depth of a character, a very important character, King of the Hink, King of the Hill lore. Right? Like we we've had yeah. Khan around since episode three. And this is this is the most significant thing that we've seen from him in a very long time. The most significant development we've seen in a very long time, right? Uh, but not only that, but we get a good moral lesson out of this episode. That that's always a usually a good indicator mm-hmm. of of a good King of the Hill episode, right? Like, where's our moral path? Oh, um, maybe if someone's on meds, don't fucking take them off their meds because it's probably a bad fucking thing. Um, and you know what? This, more than anything else, this gives me an Arlen feel to it, right? Because hot damn, I'm going to read you what I wrote. It's good to be back in Arlen for Grill Stravaganza. This is a very specific King of the Hill plotline that only fucking exists here. Nobody else in any other fucking universe gets excited about selling grills over the summer, but Arlen, Texas does. And hot damn, that's the most King of the Hill thing you can get. And so... It's a huge, that's a huge win for me. This is a Char King. It's not a Blue Flame. There's no way this was ever going to be a Blue Flame. Oh, no, it couldn't be, yeah. No, but I am very confident in giving it a Char King because it hits a lot of good King of the Hill notes. We learn something. We get to see a character grow. We get to, like, I would put this up there with any of the good con episodes. Fuck, it might go higher than some of them because of how nice it looks. (laughs) All right, so um, let's see here. Uh, three days at the condo, uh, boneyard. Um, uh, de- uh, no, you know what this is? No, I was going to say this one might be my favorite, but Deconstructing, Deconstructing Henry, Henry is my favorite con episode. Yeah, yeah I don't know if yeah. you can beat Deconstructing Henry. I do, though, kind of tangenting mean, off of you. I like your point of, like, we're kind of getting the why of con here. You know what I mean? Like, we understand why con is the way he is. Yeah. And, and, and hey, also, side, side it's, pro. It's I know they're not going to listen to it. I know they're not going to listen to this, but side pro to your lady and mine. Because I know the horrible shit that my brain does to me on a weekly basis. And I know how well my lady just tolerates and puts up with it. And I want to say thank you. But also, yeah. I know how you tend to go through some shit, too. And I am sure that yeah. your lady tolerates and puts up with you and supports you and loves you. And just shout out to both our ladies. Also, shout out to both our ladies Fuck. for putting up with you and I doing this for two years now. Hey, you hear that, guys? <laughs> yes. No, That's like, for you. It's, it's something to be said. You know, we're giving you props, guys. If anybody's ever battled with depression or anxiety or any of that shit, 
Like, if you guys are continually fighting that every fucking week, good for you, but also good for your partner for being able to help and support you through that shit. That's, I think, the point you're trying to make here, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's what I mean. Just like... Yeah. You can't help the person, but you're just there for them. And, like, I, 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 you know, I don't know about you, but I do make a point to try and hide this shit, but she still knows when you're with a person for yeah. 12 years, you know that person. So, like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to call Amanda until I love her. Um, anyway, <laughs> I just... I'm sorry. I, I I didn't mean to totally hijack your 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 rating there, but I I had the thought that number no, one, it's cool we no, get no, kind of like good. a background to con, but also, thank you, Jessica and Amanda. I will say your full names because you deserve to be named fully because you are wonderful people and we love you. Yeah. And yes. Absolutely. Anyway, you keep talking. I'm sorry. No. Uh. No. 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 I'm I'm good with my rating here. Like I said, it's it's a char king for me, man, and I'm really I'm excited to see what you give this because I know it's higher than a butane. It's got to be higher than a butane, knowing you. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's it's a char king. Like, um, this yeah. is a really good episode. Um, it has a lot of heart. It has a lot of feeling. You get to care. I guess my, I, I. So you said it has the Arlen feel, and I just want to compound that a little bit. In two hundred, however many episodes, you brought something new to the table. You brought a new dimension and a new depth, Jennifer Barrow, and. You did it really well, and it felt natural and organic, yeah. and you didn't shoehorn it. And this wasn't a very special episode about, oh, I guess I shouldn't withhold drugs from people. <laughs> Whoops. Like, it wasn't that. No, like, that was never the point. Yeah. It was still dark humor. It's still very... Oh, fuck. It can't be a blue... It can't be a blue flame. You need the context. Like... No. I would a thousand percent say you... this is Imperial, need... and I think it's a good one. It's like a blue Imperial, though, dude. Like, this is the purest of Imperial, and just, like, it's so goddamn good. Um, all the characters are used well, like... And, too, man, it also... We haven't gotten Hank being just, like, kind of dumbly, like, dangerously clueless about a thing in a really long time, and this is... This is great. Like, God might kill it. Like, he's not gonna. Yeah. Like, it's a syndicated TV show. He's not gonna kill himself, but, like, there are real, you know... uh what do you call that? Consequences to Hank's actions that we thankfully don't need to see or get to see, but like still dog. Yeah. It is. This is a really good episode. Of, this is a good episode of TV, man. Like, yeah, this is a really good, good thing to show to somebody who might be struggling with something like this. Also that just like, Hey man, you probably just need a pill and you'll be okay. Like, yeah, well, there's hope. Like, shit can turn on a dime. That's, that's to be expected. Yeah. That's life, man. Yeah. Well, God, wow, John, an Imperial out of our (laughs) quote unquote last episode of King of the Hill ever. That's insane. I was going to say, were you expecting an Imperial out of this? Because I'm going to tell you, I wasn't until I started watching it and went, holy shit, this is really way better than it has any, any, any reason to be. No, I only sparingly remember this mostly because of like, because you remember that Khan is manic, but like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch the whole show like with that I didn't but I didn't watch the whole show with that as a thing like so it didn't you know skew my results or whatever but also like the only bit of this I remember is um is um sadness haiku like so no I yeah I was coming into it I was like all right well I thought it was weird that we had kind of like two tangentially mental health episodes this week but more past that no I was like all right well here we go fucking this one I don't remember about Joseph and oh Khan's crazy I think question mark play and then I was like Oh wow, this is this is really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, shit, All right, buddy. Man. 
I think we're to that point. Uh, we have that all-important question to ask. Mark, do you still like King of the Hill? No, I hate it. I hate King of the Hill. How could it make me feel things for 13 seasons and then just go away like that? I hate it. I'm bad at dealing with loss. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, he's made a statement. I guess we could just end it now. We don't need to get that final <laughs> episode in. No, Johnny, of course I still like King of the Hill. It's... I was really, I'm not going to lie to you, these last couple weeks have been really tough because a lot of these have been shit episodes, except for, you know, last week was passable at best, but like. It's been hard. This is, this last season has been really hard. It's, it's very hit or miss. It's, it's really just, you know, Homer punching the Hamburglar. Stop. He's already dead. Like, I, <laughs> turns out he's not. Turns out we thought it was dead, and then it knocks it out of the park with it's another man at Conde, Conde and then gives us a feel-goodish, okay episode about, you know, sex ed and children. Like, yeah, man. I still love King of the Hill. How about you, dude? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. I, you know, I know what, I know what we have left. There is one, absolutely one episode left, and I know what to expect from it. And it's not... Uh, spoilers guys it's not going to change how i lo- how i feel about this show um no i i absolutely love it it reaffirms the idea that you and i've spent almost three years talking about the same tv show yeah and hot damn does not one minute of this seem like it's been wasted well perils of polling but <laughs> Any episode with Lucky. Any anytime but... I talk about Carl fucking Moss, but you know. Oh no, those are fine. the best. Those are the best because you just get so angry. You hate that man. Like I am edified off of your <laughs> hatred, man. It's beautiful. Like <laughs> I'm sure I would. Always, I don't know. I, I somewhere I'm sure that there's a therapist that listens to this and goes, "God, these guys got a terrible relationship. Like they antagonize each other. They're codependent enablers." Mark actively feels Johnny's <laughs> hatred because I think it makes him stronger, or at least he thinks it makes himself stronger. I don't know. Like, um, I'm emotional now. Um, I feel like fucking Linda Belcher at goddamn Thanksgiving dinner fucking trying to not cry, but then she makes herself cry. Like, it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, where can these good people find us, buddy? Well, the good people of internet and podcast land can always reach out to the Dangle Podcast. We are Dangle Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can reach out to us on Gmail. We're danglepodcast at gmail.com. Guys, if you ever want to reach out to us and any of the other high hammock radio shows, that includes I Can't Wait to Show the Kids and Two Wizards. We are High Hammock Radio on Blue Sky. You can always reach out to me personally on Instagram. I'm Krautball. Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and hey, what can I say? I'm that crazy German that loves to talk to people, so please give me something to distract myself while I'm in my last semester of grad school. Mark, where can they, these guys find you? <laughs> uh, you can finally, you can find me directly on Marky Stardust on Twitter. I'm not there a lot, but hit me up. Or you can find me on our sister shows, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and our buddy Josh gaze into that void so you don't have to. We talk about a lot of weird shit. It's a really good time. It's been going on for three years. Go listen over there. Or or find us on the I Can't Wait to Show the Kids Podcast. Um, Johnny, this week you're on Darkstar. That one dropped on Monday. This drops yeah. on a Friday. Come listen to Johnny and our co and our other buddy Brad get beat over the head with my love of maybe the worst science fiction movie ever made, John Carpenter's student film rough. project, Dark Star. I can tell you that I've had Benson, Arizona stuck in my head for a week since I edited that son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm so mad about I, it. Can Benson, I tell you, I unironically Arizona. love that song. 
It's a good song. I unironically but I'm love that song. It grows I'm sick on of you. it. <laughs> it does, but I'm sick of it. Just like herpes, it grows on you, and I'm real sick of it. Um, hey, listeners, now more than ever, thank you. Thank you for being here. You've been here through it all. Um, as good a time as any to say it, because no one knows what tomorrow will bring, so I will just say, listeners, thank you for being here. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Johnny, thank you for letting me browbeat you and yes, and you into this almost three-year-long project that will conclude in one week's time. Oh, my God. It's a hard day. It is. But it'll be a harder bone. It's going to be a, a, a red day. Yeah? It's, I'm try, I can't remember the rest of the fucking speech from the goddamn Rohan... From, from oh, you're oh Canadian. the God the, damn it. the ride arrowlings yeah yeah red day a hard, yes. uh, a sword day fourth airlingus you know what I'm talking about guys as if you needed to, any more validation that Mark and I were giant fucking nerds I have ended so many of these with me fucking quoting the ride of the Rohirrim you're all right to like <laughs> I, uh, there are so many of these where I like. <laughs> fucking end this show quoting indirectly and poorly the ride of the Rohirrim because I I don't know I read that shit as an affirmation but hey just just for fun arise arise riders of Rohan fell deeds awake fire and slaughter spear shall be shaken shield shall be splintered the sword day a red day ere the sun rises ride now ride to Gondor ride for the blue flame of valor and the dangle podcast please ride now Five-star rating, like, and review. Smash that subscribe button. I don't fucking know. John, let's get out of here, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you at least one more time next week. Bye.